0: Yo, what's up? You're listening to First Giving Honor to God. I'm Whitney, your host, lover of God, creative, and somebody who never thought they would start a podcast. But here we are, and I'm gonna take the time to share the lessons I've learned over the last decade as God has tried to steer me right back here to my creative calling. But I won't be alone. I'm tagging in some friends, colleagues, and folks I've just been rooting for to share the story of faith behind their brands and careers, all to help you bring your own vision to life and honor God through your work. So if God is giving you a vision that's big, nah, huge. This podcast is for you. Do you know what's really powerful, saying yes. Now hear me out. I know. I know. Saying no is definitely in right now. And for good reason. You should say no to things. Trust me. But there are times when life requires a yes. Like when God's calling you to something. And I know saying yes to God, it can be a little scary because you don't know where this yes is going to take you or all the steps that it's going to require. But I can promise you that if you say yes to God, it'll change everything for you. Today, I'm sitting down with one of my first college friends, Kendall Isidore. We met as bright eyed freshmen singing in the Howard Gospel Choir. And I knew right away that Kendall was somebody special. She was talented, but also super humble and really, really genuine. Now, I know that you may know Kendall as one-third of the renowned string queens. They're a trio that's praised for its authentic, soulful, and orchestral sound. And they've graced some of the greatest stages, from the Kennedy Center to Carnegie Hall, and collaborated with artists like Lettucey, Solange, Leslie Odom Jr., and the late Aretha Franklin. These queens are talented, simply amazing. But Kendall's also a passionate educator, a movement builder, and a true lover of God. And today, we're talking music, education, and what it means when you've been called to make an impact. But truthfully, this is just the story of a woman who said yes to God. Now, I know Kendall is going to inspire you, but my hope is that her passion will ignite your own and that the story of her yes will cause you to say yes too. Get ready. This is a good one. so thank you for doing this i'm so excited i'm so, so excited, excited. <laughs> i told my mom i was gonna be
1: on this podcast it's like you know what's <laughs> <laughs> going on no i'm really excited i'm really
0: excited. i love it and i you know i love your parents they are the most adorable people in the world <laughs> love them so much yeah. and they are so supportive of you i think that's what's always been so cool like yeah. they they remind me a lot of my parents they're gonna be at everything if i'm uh writing my name on a piece of paper they like.
1: Hey girl, <laughs> say, your parents are the exact same way, the exact same way. girl, I'm grateful, girl. I'm grateful. Yeah,
0: for I sure. Know. So let's jump straight in. Uh, for anybody who's been living under a rock and you don't know who Kendall Isidore is, uh, you're going to learn everything about her. I mean, people should know you, Kendall. Like, you you are the Kendall Isidore. <laughs> so everybody should know you. So let's talk uh, first about String Queens. I am just obsessed with y'all. I listened to Spain before we started this because it just puts me in a good mood it's so good (laughs) and um so i want to know how did string queens come to be like did y'all know each other already how did this become a thing
1: yeah so string queens we're actually three and a half years old now um officially we launched like okay this is a thing as one of 2017 now the other two queens um don who plays viola don johnson and Elise Sharp, I keep, I always want to call her Cuffy, but she got married last summer, so Elise Sharp, the cellist, Um, they actually knew each other already um, through Topol Symphony, and for folks who don't know Toffol Symphony, it's an uh, all-black, 100-plus person um, symphony based in Baltimore. Um, They play with everybody over the years, and it's actually been around for about 20 years, and so Elise had been in Soulful Symphony. And Dawn was at Juilliard at the time, around the time that it was starting, a couple of years into Soulful Symphony. And she would travel um, from New York because Soulful was made up of New York musicians, Baltimore, and then also DC for the most part. Um, and so they knew each other when Dawn was a student, when she was a grad student. Um, Dawn was the principal violist. You know, she was the first chair. She, you know, played solos. Elise was the, the first chair cellist. And so they connected in that way. Um, and so I didn't, you know, they were legends already. You know, I didn't, we were in school, you know what I mean? We were we were figuring our way out. You were a legend already, too. Uh, well, you know, I was trying to decide if I was going to be somebody's surgeon at the time. You know, like, we were, Whitney, you already know, we've had so many talks. We go way back to some of those moments that are not the now moments that we're, where we can, like, oh, wow, I got this stuff up, back when we didn't know what was going on, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I didn't know what God had in store. As a matter of fact, I had stopped playing after undergrad. So, like, I, I had a moment with God where I was like, but God, you told me, you told me that like, I'm supposed to be taking this sound, whether it's singing or violin or whatever. You told me this biology stuff. Okay, I'm doing that too. You told me I'm supposed to be playing so that people can everywhere can get this sound and everyone mm-hmm. can get this, hopefully what's inspiration. Um, and I actually stopped playing during my first year of teaching. And I, and I literally closed that red case back there that the people can't see. Yes. The Kindle, the official case of Kindle. (laughs) And I closed it up because, and I was mad. I was actually mad at God. And, and, and then before that year was up, before that school year was up, or maybe right at the end, God had a word for me that was like, um, it's not even about you. So like, stop, like it's it's Mm. actually not about you. And once I really got that, um, everything started opening up. I did some gigs in undergrad. We, you know, we would play, I I would play in different places around the city, but I really wasn't playing like that. And so it wasn't until um, probably a few years into our adult careers um, of life, like adulthood, where um, DC Jazz Fest, I had connected with DC Jazz Fest and I met Elise on a DC Jazz Fest gig. Like one of these like fundraisers where they needed some background music as people were And here I hear this funky chalice who's like improv like, I, I always loved improv, I always loved jazz. I, you know, you play classical centered instruments, you know, typically Euro, Eurocentric instruments. Um, and so I meet this funky cellist, Elise, and I'm like, yo, there's cellists out here who play like that, who okay. can literally play here. And she's so bad, she's a cellist, but she sounded like a bassist half the time, and sometimes she sounds like a guitarist uh, half the time. And so she and I met, we vibed, but still hadn't met Dawn. It wasn't until I was working at the Howard University Middle School and I was literally in the teacher's lounge venting, maybe just saying it out loud, like, dang, I have a wedding gig coming up that somebody called me for. I need a violist. And I was working with Dawn's husband at the time. He was a reading teacher and I was a science teacher, um, same grade level team, all that. And he's like, well, my wife plays viola. And I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> like, what people say that about Why do my wife plays piano or my wife sings or my wife plays, uh, you know, children, but not viola. I mean, it's right. all and so um i said yeah right and he said no no like she was a juilliard like she and i'm like oh let me go ahead and give her a call and so i called her i picked her up for that wedding gig she you know accepted the gig we did that gig together with a different cellist and then we vibe, though we play classical now we playing like some pops music but like we're it's a vibe i don't know how to explain it and then she called me and elise for her daughter's first and uh first birthday for us, we had a wedding that she, Dawn, got called for, and she wanted us to be able to sit together, meet each other, and play together before the wedding the next day. So she asked us to come to the birthday party and play like, you with know, Einstein's and like Sesame Street stuff. Or we didn't play a single note. We didn't play a single note. We were just vibing. Like, we just had such a good time with one another. Um, and then the next day, we got to the gig early, we played through the music, and we executed. But it was it's something, it, it was just a light, it was a fire, it was a, a mindedness um they're both you know they're they're both wives um now at least you know and they're both mothers you know just strong people um and great musicians great musicians I know all the time they're like me having my own like private instructors like like when we used to take private lessons when we were coming up it's like having two private lessons instructors with me all the time and so we finally say you know we like how we sound together we've all played in orchestras we've all played in other ensembles octets sextets quintets. you know the whole nine. And Dawn was on her way to being uh, an orchestra musician, like, like working in an orchestra, working in the orchestra or London Phil, or, you know, New York Phil, whatever it is. And, um, you know, we, we got together and it was really magic. And so one day we met at Elisa's school. We're all three teachers. All of us work for the same charter organization. Uh, so we have three different orchestra programs at three different schools, um, middle schools. Dawn just moved down to elementary and we, we sat in Elise's classroom, which used to be my classroom. That was another way I knew Elise. So I had become a, I was teaching, but I had become, um, I was going to become a vice principal. And my boss was like, okay, well, we can't let the orchestra program die. Who you got? Well, I called a He's like the OG, like on some like pedagogy music, like teaching strings. Like she's been in DC Youth Orchestra teaching. She grew up in that, like she knows how to teach. And so she came in and, and became the orchestra director after I became the vice principal. I was her coach. And like we were, and, and it just, it just seemed to be the season. We sat different names. We looked at names like spectrum and like <laughs> on a whiteboard in her classroom, like started writing down different names. And I had thought about string Queens. I had thought about like string cheese, like all kind of stuff that was catchy and rhymy. Um, and we liked string Queens. So we had a gig that year for DC Fest, um, that uh, they were they were calling me or calling us the Kendall Isidore trio. Um and right before we played the first official queens gig, I went up to the executive director who was introducing us and I said, When you introduce us, can you please say the string queens? Like the strict scratch Kendall Isidore and just let's just try it out and see how people react. And people loved it. And next thing yeah. you know, we got the LLC established and just, you know, different um parts just to make sure that the name was official. And and that's really the story of how we got started. And the the blessing is in what we what God has led us to favor wise. And in with six months to a year of that, uh, we're so grateful to have really graced some of some great stages, um, played with great artists, um, open for great artists. So that's that's really the story of String Queens, Whitney, and this story wow. been written.
0: Yeah, I mean, wow. When you think about. One your yes to God of okay I'm gonna come back to the thing that you promised me, and that one yes just like snowballed and opened so many doors. I think that's so powerful because I think sometimes when we when we say yes, we think that it's a, a right now thing, and God is like seeing. 30 years down the line and we can't see that far. And so uh-huh. we're like, I'm, I'm going to do it, Lord, but I don't want to. So yeah. I'm, I'm just so proud of you. Like, well, Oh my goodness. That is, that is incredible. incredible. I always tell
1: my, well, me and my friend, Rache, who's also from Howard. I think, you know, my friend, Yeah, we, yeah. we used to always joke around like God, like, it's like, God has a storage of PowerPoint slides for each and every one of us. And it's like, God, can I please get the slides? Like, can I just see what is like coming around the bend? And he's like, that is so real. You can sit right there and wait though.
0: He like, this slide, I got you on pretty good. If You'll just, just lean into it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So let, let me take you back to a moment, um, of our undergrad experience. Uh, if we haven't mentioned, uh, Kendall and I went to the illustrious Howard University together. She is my forever Miss Howard. I love her so, so much. Um, but there was a moment in undergrad, and I'm sure everybody who was in our class or at Howard at the time remembers your Miss Howard performance. Oh. Kendall, <laughs> I don't know if you knew or if everybody else in the audience, they had to know. But I remember by the time you got to the singing portion of this performance, you you sang, you played the violin, you played the piano. I remember going, we are witnessing one of the greats. I don't know if people know when they're witnessing one of the greats, but like in that moment, I knew. I was like, Kendall has always been dope. She's always been one of the sweetest people. But like, it was, I don't know what it was about that performance, but Guy was just like, I need y'all to hold on to your seats because this is going to be a moment that you need to know for your kids. Mm. You need to remember for like generations to come. So I I bring you to that to ask you, you know, when you get to a stage like Carnegie Hall that you've been on, the Kennedy Center, did you always know you were going to come to this place or did it take you a while to catch up to that vision that God had for you?
1: That's a great question. I think, You know and we're we're both those kids who like our parents any any for the most part activity or 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 hobby or anything that we wanted to engage in our parents were you know we're grateful we our parents were like yeah what what is it if i got Mm -hmm. it it, we got it absolutely um and so you you know you had the dance class you know at three or four when you you know trying to do ballet as a (laughs) four year old and you know my grandmother god rest her soul um you know, used to say, you know, the singing with the spoon, you know, the, they're singing into the rattler and things like that. And, you know, I'm grateful that I came from a family where my, both my parents and my grandparents always made it a point to make me feel loved and special mm. and specifically the special part. Um, and so I, I guess I took that in that like, no matter what, I, I remember even having that, that book, I don't know if you remember the children's book, um, designed by God. So I must be special. Yes. There was a little like animated, like uh short like film that went with it that were the Mm -hmm. reading the book and 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 amazing grace and boundless grace those books
0: remember those yes those were so good
1: and and they made you like in amazing grace grace in the book was like she wanted to be peter pan and she was a girl and like even just i think back to like those moments and and what what we were taking in back then Mm -hmm. i'm taking in messages in books i'm taking in programming you know on tv or you know Art- artistic things that my my mom would take me to plays and things like that. And, but my, they made me feel special. And I, and I, and I do think I knew and I felt that I was special, but I didn't necessarily know where that would show up. Um, mm-hmm. and it, and I remember at various points, it was like, I want to be famous. You know, when you, you're just trying yeah. to, think what your little dreams are. Um, and, and so no, I, I didn't, I wasn't the girl who was like, when I get to Howard, I want to be Miss Howard. I wasn't that girl. As a matter of mm-hmm. fact, like we knew each other and like, Howard Gospel Choir, you know, y'all were really like, are really and were especially at the time, like my go, like my people at that time, mm-hmm. freshman through junior year, and so, but nobody else really. Some people knew me because I had played here or there, but like, I wasn't like, hey y'all, this is kid. Like we were chilling, like we were just that those kind of yeah. people. But when the pageant stuff started coming around, I was like, oh, okay, let me see. And even then, we only had a minute and thirty seconds. I always tell people we we were in the pageant in those years. Well, you yes have a minute and 30 seconds to get stuff done
0: that's why your performance <laughs> blew me
1: away <laughs> I lost my mind so, these kids three minutes down. they got two or three minutes to get this done and we had a minute and 30 and you had to to wow people um and so you know I I I knew that I I would want to inspire people but I didn't know it would be through teaching you know that's another like very prevalent area in my life that I'm very passionate about. Mm-hmm. I had no idea I was going to be a teacher. I had set out to be a surgeon. I had set out to be an anesthesiologist at one point, um, but it was actually through the Miss Howard experience where I ended up. That was like the bridge to get to education. But it mm-hmm. was also an opportunity for me to use my voice um, to 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 be to amplify other people's voices who necessarily were not at the forefront in those various sectors. And mm-hmm. so never, and you know, aspired to be Miss Howard, but it was through that experience that God used me to like, um, to tutor and to mentor and to go speak. And I had a fantastic Mr. Howard, Melik Thomas, yes. who's also an inspiration. And so it's like, you can't be a Miss Howard to Melik Thomas and be <laughs> <laughs> That's real. And not be, you know, really seeking to make impact. and And so when I think about then to like, Uh, December of 2017, our first time at Carnegie Hall. It's like, how did we get here? And even now, sometimes Whitney, I kid you not. Sometimes I still go back on YouTube, and it's only it's like a a video that my dean from my music fraternity, who lives in Jersey, she and her sister. It was her birthday that day. She loves Stevie Wonder. They drove to Carnegie Hall from Jersey, and she took like a little video from her seat. And I still go back and watch that video because I still cannot believe that like. Without musical tra- right, without a cla- like any classical training after age eighteen. Once I got to college, I stopped being in that learning space with my instrument, and I hadn't reached whatever stages I thought I would reach. And mm-hmm. um, but it but even a person who didn't study music right can make it to Carnegie Hall, and that's mm-hmm. not about right right. And even now, I'm getting emotional because it's like the second time we went. Um, it was a tribute, uh, we did various tributes, but we played Beautiful by Christina Aguilera, and the first time it was a Stevie Wonder tribute, and so that it was Isn't She Lovely, the second time um, I wrote that arrangement that we played, um, and it was the second time it was like, my arrangement is is being played in Carnegie Hall right now, like in the main um, hall or whatever, so it's like Black people don't get to do that, like, 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 Black people who play string, you don't get to do that. That that's not that's not the norm, um, and so it's even it's inspired me to dream even bigger because it's like I couldn't even dream this up, right? It's like God, what else do you have for me? Because like I never saw this. Like I I never I never saw it, Whitney. I never saw it. I saw making an impact. That's all I cared about is whatever I'm gonna do, wherever I say, and somebody's there to listen. Say something real. Do something real. Do something important. Uh, But I never saw it necessarily being like this. So I just keep telling people, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful. Uh, I I
0: feel like that's why, Kendall, you're so humble and you've always been. From the moment that I met you um, in our HGC, you know, very first little orientation thing, you were so humble. But I remember everybody raving about this girl was in her singing I and I was just like oh my god I want to meet her remember everybody called you mittens because Kendall oh. came with like full performance for her audition and she was like the standard on our HGC like little incoming group but I think that's why Kendall God has been able to use you so strong is because it was never about any of this for you it was like let me make an impact let me touch people let me you know honor your name and he's like you're a vessel that's open I can use you and I mean we saw it I don't know if people tell you that but we saw like this is none of the things you do are a surprise it's just like Finally, the world is able to see, you know, what we were seeing as we were walking alongside wow. you, you know, going to class and going to rehearsal. So um, I'm, I'm honored to say that I know uh, Kendall Isidore.
1: I also want to say, Whitney, too, that like, and I, I've said this earlier, you know, in this pandemic season, you know, we've been connecting. For those who don't know, um, Class of 2010 from Harry University, we've been connecting a lot over the summer during the pandemic. And yeah. I said it before to the group, and I'm going to say it again. Like, there was also something very special in my opinion about our group. Like when we were in high school and we were getting mm-hmm. ready to leave out of high school, we knew that like our class in high school was like these are some movers and shakers. We're we're the product of baby boomers, right? And so, like yes. the go get it, like the hustle, the the grind, to like inspire and role model, like be a beacon mm-hmm. and a pillar, all that spirit we had, and then we brought it, we all brought it to Howard University, mm-hmm. and so people who are listening to this, like know that whatever Whitney is saying about me, there are so many stories, including her own, that I hope you have your own episode to, to so that we can celebrate, and we can tell people about all the amazing talents, whether it's from the communications piece to the to the singing and the songwriting piece, the guitar piece, to the spiritual. I'm, I'm serious, but like, I am not a, I think I'm grateful because I'm not a unique story. Like it's so many people um, in our immediate, like class and our group, you knew they were going to be something. You you knew you didn't know what it was, and we we the story, like I said, is is yet to be written. But it's a blessing to be yeah, here right yeah, now. It is.
0: Yeah, I think it it really is a a special group of of people, and to be able to be a part of it, you know, being from from small a small town or even being from a big town. You never really thought that you were going to have a thousand close people to you who are just incredible individuals. And, you know, I think that's what has been so cool about post-grad. It's just like watching all your friends and, and seeing them just come into their own and watching people become what you knew they could become. So I think it's really, really, really cool to to kind of witness that and be a part of it. I think we're, you know, just history in the making, to be perfectly honest. I really yeah. do. So let's talk a bit um, for a second. You talked about um, how Howard and Miss Howard was the thing that got you to education. And you talked about how, you know, you've been in in music ensembles and dance and all of that. One of the things I really think that's really cool about what you do and just so inspiring is that you are a Black woman who is an orchestra teacher. And, you know, I grew up playing violin and singing in chorus and all of these things, and not once was there a person that looked like me. Not once was there a conductor or an orchestra teacher, a private lesson instructor who looked like me, ever. So I say that to say, I'm sure you were in similar spaces where there weren't, you know, a lot of Black orchestra teachers or conductors. What is the weight And the responsibility of what you're doing. Like, do you how do you carry that and make sure that your students are getting an experience that they know is unique, um, that they know is uh, a door for them, that they know this proves that it's possible that if I want to go to the highest heights of this thing that I can. Like, how do you do that in the classroom?
1: You know, I didn't realize what I was doing, but recently with the time that we've had with the pandemic, I've been able to just put some of these thoughts together. I really try to deliver a world-class education. Every single time I get in front of kids, I really try to deliver them. You can't tell me they're not at Georgetown Visitation or Sydney or or uh, uh, Duke Ellington School of the Arts within our public school. that has n- no focus on arts whatsoever except my class. Um I just believe they deserve a world-class education. I had have- I had and my parents saw to it that like and and, and mind you, we're I'm from different circumstances than my students. But like let's I tell them that. I'm not here to fake the funk or or try to pretend that I'm from where you're from. No, but this is my experience, right? And and these are the values that are important to me. I tell them every day. I do not care if you become a a musician or not. I actually don't care if you become first chair of New York Phil, because if you're a crappy person, then I've actually and so I try to lead with like I try to lead with like, I love you, number one. Like 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 any student for the most part that has ever been a student of mine, I lead with like, I love you. You may not understand why I do or how I do even though I just met you, but I love, like you need to know that you are loved. And, and second, like you need to know that like excellence is the bar, like excellence is the standard. I do not care what your circumstances are. I do not care if you are coming from uh, a, a single parent home, if you're being raised by grandma, uncle, whoever it is you deserve the same chance and the same opportunity if you are willing to put in the work now, right? But you deserve the, the door to be open to you. So let me use whatever expertise I have to help you get that door open. And then it's up to you to walk through it. But but, Whitney, you talked about like black orchestra teachers. I never had, I never had a single black music instructor, except like choir directors at church. I High school, I was living in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Shout out to the Voices of Unity Youth Choir, which is under the umbrella of Unity Performing Arts Foundation, which is actually where mittens came from, right? Because we choir um, and we would have these like big productions twice a year and stage presence and and but also character development, right? So also, why am I the teacher? How did I become the teacher? I became especially the arts side of it because I used to teach science. Mr. White, our mentor, our he's the the CEO and founder of the organization. He he stressed the importance of character development and being a good human, being a good humanitarian. Like you could be a human and just exist, and you can also be a humanitarian and actually give and contribute to uh, your society and community. Um, and and I remember literally we used to memorize our mission statement for the organization. We we had taglines like "Reach back to give back." Like they were ingrained in us, and we were we were. I guess brainwashed with it, but it it stuck. And so I bring that, my kids know, excellence and nothing less, which is the same standard from that organization. And I didn't have a violin teacher, private violin, any black uh, orchestra teacher at all, but he was a private lessons teacher, not till my junior year of high school. And so when I look around the city of DC, Maryland, Virginia, we're still in the minority. When I look at just, it's still the same Whitney Coming up. The, the amount of black string players who are in the profession, not just, you know, um, but but in the profession and teaching, there's hardly none. There's hardly none. And so I'm like, with every ounce of energy in my body, every time I get up in front of you, you're gonna walk away with something that you didn't have before. Right? We're in virtual school now. We're in virtual school. I went from being an orchestra teacher, being able to like touch students in terms of like fixing their posture and technique and making sure all those fundamentals are in place to now trying to adapt that for the virtual space. And so we're not doing anymore in the virtual space, but my class now is called musicology. And so I've made it a general music curriculum, but I've been able to, I'm constructing it from scratch. Um, myself. and so I'm able to teach them piano using virtual pianos. You know what I mean? But learning how to read music. That's my thing too. I'm not here to make you be a musician when you get older and you choose your career. But as long as you in here, you're going to have as much as I have. So if I got the knowledge, you're going to get it. A lot of people try to say that like kids can't learn certain music theory. Like, like I didn't know the difference between relative majors and, and relative minor and knowing that like a minor has no sharps and flats and C major doesn't have any. And so they're relative. I didn't really know that until like, I don't know, senior year of high school, maybe freshman year of college or some, something random like that, which is a very easy, concept, but no one broke it down for me. So my kids can go back and forth between keys, because they, because they know what the keys is, And so it's actually easier for them to learn things like reading music in isolation, right? Because usually when we're in the classroom, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm like nerding out, so I'm like...
0: No, you're fine. I love it. I love this.
1: It's here to teach because I'm normally teaching the technique, the left-hand technique, the right-hand technique, putting them together that uses your entire brain and trying to teach you how to read music at the same time and count no. at the same time. So being able to do this virtually, I can separate all the technique. I can teach you how to read treble clef. I can teach you how to read bass clef and how to read any note and rhythm you want to read. So that when it's time to put that on guitar, when it's time to get on a violin, when it's time to get to a piano, now the world is your oyster. You can pick whatever you want. Yeah. You're proficient at the fundamentals. And so they when they get to high school and college, they probably... Won't, they They may or may not, they probably gonna still remember that every good boy does fine, because I feel like all of us still remember that. Yes. <laughs> I, I just want them to take away that, like, when my teacher was in there with me, or when she was up in front of me, she. I want kids to feel that I'm giving them all of me. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. that's that's how my parents raised me. That's how my mm-hmm. teachers were. Um, And they could have had all kinds of stuff going on. I, I would have never known. Mm-hmm. I would have never known because it was that important to them that they make me feel special. And that's the other thing. I have a lot of kids who, like, whatever their, their backgrounds are, they may not hear I love you, mm-hmm. ever. They may, mm-hmm. might, the hug that I give them when we were in person might've been their first hug of the week or whatever. And, mm. and so it's not about feeling sorry. And I, I, I was telling somebody the other day, I get so tired of hearing these little phrases like underserved, under, uh, under yes. uh, marginalized. And, and it's a different word every, and, and I'm not saying that those words are not true and they don't describe the situation. Oh, the vulnerable population. Yeah, <laughs> you know, vulnerable. You know, they are vulnerable they're vulnerable through circumstances that like any person could be vulnerable to, right? They're right. All vulnerable to be successful. <laughs>
0: we, if yes.
1: we our lens, if we change the way that we're thinking about what kids can do and what they can mm-hmm. become, you can start using vulnerable in a different way. Yeah, they're vulnerable to like be a a, a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, love? Like they like sis, They like let's just actually change our lens in the way that we look at them and 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 I got some colleagues even who stand for mm-hmm. them kids and teach them every day and do not? They're not of my same mindset, and that's scary. Yeah. For me. So I could talk mm-hmm. about that all day, but I mainly just want them to know that this is an option too. Like, yeah. Izzy grew up this way. That my my little name that they call her is Miss Izzy. I love it. Miss Izzy grew up this way, and this is these are the choices I made. I did the biology thing, and then now they see me as a musician, right? But I'm like. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm a scientist too. Like I'm a legit scientist as well and that like I love science too. Um but even though I had studied science, I never stopped playing my instrument. I just never stopped playing. Um you know and, and I had my brief moment but it just was always a hobby. I do you know I played in the orchestra at Howard. I don't know if you remember this against I, I
0: remember i remember that it was because it was like one of those secret things you would be like i gotta go to orchestra and i'd be like we have an orchestra <laughs> like what are you talking <laughs> what are you talking about
1: <laughs> girl and i was sneak and my I'm, I'm sure my parents when they listen to this they're just gonna be laughing i would sneak like the first at least the first semester of freshman year if not both i would no i think it was both i was sneaking to orchestra practice this is so crazy on saturday morning from 10 to 12 30 in the Howard university fine arts building on the third floor And my parents didn't know because they wanted me to focus exclusively on school and not focus on anything else. And I just couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. Um, and so I think whatever my kids end up doing becoming and any of my colleagues who are listening, teachers, educators out there, whoever you are, like just put your all into it. Like it's going to pay off. We don't know when we don't know how teaching is one of the most rewarding and least rewarding professions. There is, Mm -hmm. you have no idea when the rewards are going to come, especially middle school. That's real. Middle school where my babies they stink now. They stink. They got bad attitudes. Um and you know, and you know, they don't they don't really do that in my room, but you know, I know what it is to be a middle schooler. We both do. Like we know what. Mm-hmm. Is. Um, and so I also try to relate to my kids and let them know, like, as long as you're being respectful, you could we could talk about whatever.
0: But right. in my
1: class, we're gonna talk about Kamala Harris and we're gonna talk about Breonna Taylor, and we're gonna talk about a uh, 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 PJ Morton and we're gonna talk about you know, classical vocalist, Solomon Howard. So you're going to get a fully well-rounded experience because that's what we have had. And that's why we yes. are the humans and the adults that we are. And they just, say, I don't care where you come from. Everybody gets it. You get it. You that you get a good, ed- you get a good education.
0: <laughs> yes, that is so good. I love that. But Kendall, like, like you said, even some of your colleagues aren't, aren't uh, like you. They aren't seeing things the way that you see it. And so, you know, I hope that if any people are listening and you are an educator that you hear the passion that Kendall has for her students, that is not exclusive to music education. That's not exclusive to science. It's, it's about you having an opportunity anytime that you get a platform to be in front of people to use that platform to your highest abilities and to make sure that people walk away from you better than they came to you. And I think that's what you're doing. That's so powerful. And I think, um the same way that we had you know i think tv shows and, and books and things that inspired us you know i think about how a different world just completely transformed our generation i think in that same way we're seeing everyday people you know black teachers and you know black instructors I think that's going to make a difference for this generation if we let it, if we use the opportunity and take it as seriously as it is, then we'll see a shift in this next generation that's going to be able to be pointed back to our teachers. So I love what you're doing there. So before we go, I started seeing you post these T-shirts on your Instagram uh, that said Black Kings or Black Queens Matter. Wh- where did that come from? I know you are extremely, you know, uh, civic minded. You're, you're all about activism. So that's not a surprise to me. But uh, what inspires you to kind of do this at this particular time?
1: So the Black Kings, Queens Matter actually came from 2018 so it's it's a what we're seeing now on like the instagram page and like the shirts the design that we're currently seeing um that we've created that i created along with um my frat brother and good friend arthur hill who anything that not anything but just about anything you've seen for the string queens any of the graphics or anything like that or for me when i was doing solo work or anything like that he probably created and so of course i tapped into him he's howard alum as well um, and um tapped into him and i said you know what this is a unique time uh, and let's re- redesign and rebrand. But where did it come from? It was, I was a vice principal at the time. And this was in my, I believe, second year of being a vice principal. And Black History Month was coming up. And even when before I was a vice principal, when I was teaching, I was always uh, sort of the the chair or the lead on um, programming for Black History Month. So whatever events we would have, whatever, like um, large scale event um the one that I've curated over the years. And now I've brought it to my new KIPP school. is called the Blacks and Whites. A lot of people do a variation of that. Mm. Um, and, and, and we're going to turn up and do a variation of it for virtual too. So that's all. Come I'm on. on, the on. The <laughs> um, and so back then, I, I just wanted something that our students, the teachers, that their families could wear that made them feel like royalty, that made them feel proud. Mm. Um, I can't remember. No, I think it was the founding. The, the school that I founded, the KIPP school that I founded in DC um, was founded on or maybe I had just been exposed to this concept of calling students kings and queens. And so the first, like I had been teaching for maybe three years before that, and I had been trying out different ideas. Like I had a year where I had kids refer to me as um, Professor Isidore, because I had gone to whatever professional developments and it made kids inclined to think in a certain kind of way if they were addressing it. So I've tried out different ideas. When I got to this new KIPP school to start that orchestra program, I tried out the idea of kings and queens. At this time, Whitney, I was teaching... All by by gender. So all the sixth grade girls were in one class. All the fifth grade uh, boys are all you know by wow. by gender. Uh, one year I had fifty one girls in a class at the same time, mm-hmm. and like thirty. To you because it was, and that was the way that my my boss, my favorite boss uh, that I've ever had, that's the way he wanted it. And so it was easier to name them in the grade book and all that. Called um, sixth grade kings, fifth grade kings. So that's kind of where it started, and then we created our mascot for the school, which was the royal. So it made sense. But long after the royals was established that year, I don't know what was about that year. um, Oh, Black Lives Matter. This was the movement had kind of gotten started at that time. um, But no one one had seen, uh, or at least I hadn't seen Black King, Black Queen. And so... Um, we went to our graphics guy who does, um, you know, if anybody knows anything about Kip, there's always going to be some swag. It's always going to be a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, a hat, a book bag, a pillow cover, like whatever you want, we got. It. <laughs> and so, um, I said, let's go to it. Can we get the budget? My boss approved the budget. Um, and we got, I don't know, 400 t-shirts ordered. And then we gave them to kids. It wasn't even an earning. Wow. the kids. Um, and then people started wearing them and then people would wear them out and people would want the shirts. This was back in 2018. So fast forward to 2020. And people have been asking me to do a rebranding of it before, but of course it seemed like no better time, not even for profit. Um, like, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I gotta sell them, uh, you know, to make the money back from getting them made. Uh, I've given shirts away though. I mean, for me, it was just to make sure that people had something that they could put on, a, one, a shirt that physically felt good, and i get those two. Um, but people, people just looked good in the original shirt. I mean, they looked good in them. It's very simple, black and white, and it was a clear message. And it was a message that that they needed back then. But now, given between police brutality, uh, the war on the education system in the US in general that has always gone wrong before a pandemic, um, in in times where the the, the Black king and queen are devalued, but this is not a unique thing, this is not new. But now that we, like I said earlier, now that we are seated and and at the table and, and people seem to be a little bit more willing to watch and listen, Right now, it seemed like a better time, and so I got with my boy Arthur. I said, "Hey, this is the original shirt." Let, but I needed to, you know, separate in terms of like intellectual property and all that, separate from the Kit brand and make it own. And so uh, I looked into like the, the 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 material, even like what material feels good, washes well, um, people will literally wear every day if they want to. And so, um, and that's kind of, that's kind of where it started. I, I ordered, I don't know. I think my first order was like, I don't know, 50 shirts or 80 shirts. I just wanted to try it out and see what it would be. And, and people, people loved them. And so I know I could be pushing them more. I could be promoting them more. First of all, at the beginning, people didn't even know it was me. So like I was posting for like my personal Facebook, my personal Instagram. And a lot of people were like, oh, that's cool. To, oh, is this you? And then people started asking. And I, that's the thing too, Whitney, sometimes the, I I was raised to be humble and I I don't think I could ever be any other way, but I have to remember in this time, like when you're, when you're offering something that can really um, reach people that you do have to like promote it and like say, this is my brand support my brand because of this reason, X, Y, and Z. So um, I'm going to keep them going. I have sort of my last order of shirts, the running joke right now. is like, after these shirts run out, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be in the t-shirt business anymore, but I, I do mean that in, in that, as many shirts as we can get out to people. I remember, um, oh, my neighborhood Starbucks. like My neighborhood Starbucks. This was like one of the best. And it's a short story. I know I could talk. You know, we could talk with uh, oh, you. Girl, you could. The Starbucks around the corner that I go to sometimes, there is a woman in there. Her name is Yeshi. And she, every time I go in there, she calls me by name. If I do a mobile order, like just somebody who cares about customer service and cares about making, it's not just me. Everybody, I've watched her when I'm waiting She's wow. just excellent. Like whatever you do, be excellent. And yes. so one, day, like, why did not, it, it just came to me uh, to just bring her a shirt. And I one day I just said like, Hey, what size do you wear? I have these shirts that say this, would you be interested in something like that? I don't know any other way to show you gratitude, but I appreciate what you're, what you do. And you, and she she smiles at me. I mean, just a great person. And so she was so excited to get the shirt. So I give some away our kids, our students, like, when teachers have contests in their classrooms, sometimes teachers support the brand by buying shirts, right? And, and awarding their kids with the shirts. So, and the kids wear, well, girl, when I see the kids in them, it, 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 and they have their little black lives Matter. So they, I got one, one um, King who's paired his like black Kings matter shirt with like his black lives matter or black King ass. And I'm just like, whatever whatever you need on whatever day to feel great and to feel like you are royalty that's really why that's that's Mm -hmm. that's why i did yeah
0: i love that that is so dope like i feel like you you found like a message i feel like that resonates with people on such a like a soul level and you know i feel like t-shirts are one of those things that i know you say you're going out of the t-shirt business Uh but I don't know why.
1: Um, because,
0: <laughs> gonna be a thing because it's one of those things like that I can wear and you know like this is what I stand for. And and I feel like that's such a good message and you know to be able to give those away, to give them to the students to to just tell somebody, "Hey, I'm thinking about you and this is what I think of you." Mm. That, don't don't go out of the don't go out of the t-shirt business just yet.
1: to another place to, to that, what you just said like Putting that shirt in somebody's hand, is a mm-hmm. message, it's several. It's a message to the world, but it's a message from the giver to the givee that, like, this is what I think of you. That's mm-hmm. winning.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, so you're doing powerful work, friend. Let listen. I just, I just, I love you so much. I love you too. You are just all the things, all the things. Now, listen. We cannot leave until you tell the people. Uh, what's this exciting thing that the String Queens has coming up in the next uh you know month or so? Uh, let us know because listen, I'm I'm sitting on the edge of my
1: seat. <laughs> the official release date for the String Queens holiday album, Christmas album, is November twenty fourth. Oh, yeah. So it's it's the, the Tuesday leading in. It's actually almost exactly a year to the day when we released our debut album last year. We released it on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, I'll never forget that experience. And if you haven't gotten the first album. It's on all the digital outlets. If you're not following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's everything is at The String Queens. Um, the debut album gives you soul. It just gives you Good. love. The whole thing is like to, to create music that inspires people to love, hope, feel, and imagine. And like, you've got Isn't She Lovely, Stevie Wonder, you've got Earth, Wind & Fire, you've got um, you've Gnarls Barkley and Adele, a crazy rolling uh, met, mashup, I think is what people call it now, that we've arranged. Um, and so now we're, we're into the holiday season. And our whole purpose behind this, this album, we said we would do it last December. It was kind of like, okay, yeah, we'll do it. We'll get to it. But given the, 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 the climate of the world right now, people need joy. Yes. People need love. People need peace and they need something to bring them those things. And so, um, what we're bringing you is a very, it's a soulful album, but it's also a global album, right? Like, so, so the sounds that you're going to hear, you're going to hear the soul, right? You're I, I'm like, I want to tell you what, what they can expect from here, but I can't yet because I'm one of three and I can't do it without the permission of everybody else. But um, we want to give you the sacred. Let me be clear too. It's a it's a holiday album, but I also want to be clear. clear. It's a Christmas album. Mm-hmm. It's a Christmas album. It, it, it got songs about Jesus, y'all. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> like, the Queens love God and the String Queens love Jesus. And so, you know, People always say in strategy and marketing with record industries and things like that that you know there's no way to make an album that has something for everybody. But that's what we try to do with the first EP. That's what we wanted to touch everybody, multiple genres, and that's what we try to do with this one too. And so we know it's a seasonal album, and maybe people won't be playing it by the time January February hits. But for this season and this time, people need something that they can that they can expect, that they can predict, and something that whether you're in your meeting right on Zoom, right. November, November, you know, where whether you're gathered around the table for Thanksgiving, which is the holiday that leads us right into Christmas season, um, we want you to have something that brings you comfort and, and touch with you. So November twenty fourth is the official um, release day. Uh, you know, the String Queens love a good medley, so you're going to get our takes on traditional. I mean, I mean traditional too. I'm talking about like like traditional uh, Christmas songs. Um, sacred, We've got some like Motown, you know, ish inspired. It, 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 we, we just tried to pour our hearts and souls, and we did this in in one weekend. We recorded the whole thing um, Labor Day weekend, you know, which is like it's a holiday weekend. We're yeah. off to you know, get it done, and so y'all better be saw,
0: Beyonce. What would you say? <laughs> so y'all better be Beyonce. <laughs> Listen,
1: get it, like, knock it out, knock it out. But let me tell you something. It, it wasn't no one take or anything like that. You know, we definitely had to pull our sleeves up. Um, but we we're we're really excited, and we're we the name of it I can tell you the name of it, it's called Our Favorite Things. Uh. So the name of it, Our Favorite Things, and um, we just hope people love it and 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 share it, and it'll be available on hard copy too. We're about to launch our online merch store, so people will like seeing the String Queens T shirts. But if you want a hard copy, even though CD players don't they don't make them in cars anymore. <laughs> if you want a hard copy, especially if you want a signed one, you know, it's just still a memento. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, goodness, we had a, I got to thank so many people too because we had a fundraiser um, that we launched. Ain't nobody bringing in money right now. Right. Ain't nobody on stages right now at all. Right. At all. Um, and so we really did, this was a community village effort with me. Mm-hmm. I want to make that very clear and publicly make it clear. A community village effort. Um, and then we used an incredible producer on the last album. Um, but with this one, um, you know, we just want to continue to grow. So everybody's a partner or family of ours in some kind of way, um, from our, our makeup artists who, um, you know, we know, uh, I don't know if you know, Flo, you know, Flo, Carrie, you probably know of her, um, through, singing, through our singing network, uh, phenomenal singer, writer, all that kind of stuff, but she, she's on the team. And the first album we used, Chris Lewis, um, who studied political science at Howard, but coincidentally, right? And so this time we're using a Howard alum for the producer. You know, he's been Grammy nominated, James McKinney, and he connected us to people who mixed and mastered for the likes of John uh, Legend and Fabulous, and all just, all kind oh of people. So, but we, in order to like get that quality to y'all, we needed support. And Whitney, I just thank God we were able to raise, we were able to hit our goal of about $8,000 um, within a week. Wow. And, and and that, and, and it's like, we felt bad even asking for support because people are out of jobs. People, people you know, it, it, how you gonna ask people for money during this time? But it just told us that people really loved us and really cared about what we're trying to do. So holiday album, November 24th, look out for it. Um, yeah.
0: I'm excited. Listen, I, I cannot wait. I will probably be the first download because
1: yeah. I am so
0: ready. Um, y'all's music. I mean, if y'all have not listened to the String Queens, do yourself a favor right now, turn this off. We're we're cool, but turn it off. <laughs> Go listen to them on whatever platform you listen to music. I mean, just incredible. So I know this holiday Christmas album is going to be really, really good. Kendall, thank you so much. I mean, so much. this was, this was just good for my soul. It was so good for my soul. I feel like people who are musicians or not, I hope that they hear your story and are like inspired to just go back to that thing that maybe they forgot and put down. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of like just the tone of just you, you don't have to, to get kind of caught up in and bogged down in whatever is going on in your life and feel like the thing you really, really have in your heart to do that you can't do it. And I think you're a Testament of that, of just, you know, sticking with it and, and keep going because look like the, the doors that open, the world opened up to you and it should have opened up to you because you are deserving of that, you're talented and you work really, really hard. And so thank you for inspiring my little listeners. You are the best.
1: podcast is about to blow up. I can't wait to just continue to listen to all the wonderful stories that I know. I know you're gonna have some some guests on here. I'm excited, Whitney. I'm, I'm just- I'm excited to reconnect with you. Yes, you we
0: know,
1: already of reconnecting through the class, but then I popped up and saw that you were starting a podcast, and you know I had to say yes, girl. I mean, this has been beautiful for my soul as well, um, yeah. and the fact that people care to hear—um—to I mean, that's part of your role is actually caring enough to hear people's stories and mm-hmm. think that the story is valuable enough that it can help other people. So thank you, Whitney. Um, we're gonna be talking,
0: girl. Yes, girl. All right. <laughs> well, thank y'all. <laughs> for sure y'all follow the string queens uh they're at the string queens on everything on november 24th get the album i want a physical copy because you know i'm still old school um but (laughs) want it so thank you again kendall uh and we are going to uh i'm gonna end this episode i'm gonna let y'all hear a bit of the string queens one of my favorite songs from them so enjoy That's our show! Thanks for stopping through for First Giving Honor to God. This episode was produced by Whitney Hall. Our editor is Brandon Hall, and our music is by Vodavod's Productions. Can't get enough of us? Follow us on socials at Honor to God Pod and visit our website, honortogod.com, where you can grab the show notes and grab some really dope merch. Also, head over to iTunes and subscribe to our show. You do not want to miss an episode. And while you're there, if you love us, leave a rating so we can continue to bring you dope
1: episodes. Again, thanks for listening. We'll talk in two weeks.